0: goodness and your mercy toward us and that for some of us puts tears in our eyes and that gets up gets us up out of our seat causes us to shout with our whole heart and cause us to raise our hands we didn't do it because we wanted to we did it because of your goodness and your mercy And normally, Father, we would care about who's looking and who's sitting beside us and what we're wearing. But when we think of the goodness of Jesus, somehow we begin to forget all the things that really don't matter. And then we begin to fear God and give glory to him. And so, Father, right now, as we prepare to open up the word of God, the atmosphere is set for us to hear with clarity what the Lord has to say our simple prayer is this we know that you're going to speak what we need help with God is not being hearers but doers of the word heard a whole lot of sermons been in a lot of revivals a lot of conferences camp meetings Sabbath schools lessons but father we struggle with doing what God says we hear messages and we do nothing about it. I'm praying that you will break that Laodicean spirit in here today and help us not only to be hearers of the word but doers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you just hug your neighbor beside them and tell them it's going to be alright as you take your seat. Tell them it's going to be alright. I'll use my lapel mic from the front now. Yeah. Yes. Ah, hallelujah! Yes. Ah, boy. God is good. Yes, sir. Now, is this it is going to work? Is it going to work today, Marna, With the with the say it's going to be long. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Say no. What if I talk louder? Yeah. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, don't worry. I, I, I'm going to raise my voice in a little bit. You uh, just, just listen. Listen carefully. Let's go to the word, to the book of Numbers, the 22nd chapter, Numbers chapter 22. While you're going there, I just want to, again, encourage all of you that if you have any vested interests in the direction of Glenville that you will join us tomorrow at 10 o'clock for a very important specially called business meeting about the direction of our church there are a lot of questions about this whole relocation thing and you deserve to ask them and you deserve to have answers tomorrow you will get more information, crucial information that will help us along the journey would you say amen? Amen. so I want to encourage you to, uh, to be there as again, as we have said, we don't want to simply just get involved in gossip and talk, and we don't pray, number one. Uh, other than that, we also don't want to run our mouths about stuff, and we wasn't even there. Amen. Amen. That's right. So, I, this, these are crucial movements that are being made right now, and it is important that all of us are there not only to be heard, but to pray pray our way through this. Would you say amen? Amen. Numbers 22 from the New International Version of the Bible. We're continuing our series Pray Church. This is the second installment and we're going to look at today the lessons that we can learn from a donkey. Lessons that we can learn from a donkey. Lord have mercy. Look at your neighbor. (laughs) Say neighbor I could you could learn something from a donkey. Now I have, uh, I have intentionally chosen not to use the King James version of the Bible today, lest, lest some of you be tempted to go back to your old way of life. All right. So we're going to read from the NIV today. Some of us cannot handle the King James version in this, in this passage. Uh, and so we're going to be sensitive to that cussing spirit and many of the members. Come on, say amen in here. <laughs> I'm talking about the way you talk when you're not at church. <laughs> My wife and I were at, were at a uh, Mary Merry concert when we were in New York, and we were standing in line with some of the, uh, with some of the, uh, the, the folk attending the concert. And, uh, man, the things that came out of their mouths as they were getting ready to go in. Mercy. I'm just saying. You know, some of us got a mouth problem. If you know what I'm talking about, throw your hand up real quick and put it down before somebody sees you. Amen. All right, the Bible says in Numbers 22, and I'm going to read just as much as I can. The Bible says, then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab, and camped along the Jordan across from where? Jericho. Now Balak son of Zippor saw that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was terrified because there were so many people. He was scared of God's people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. This yes. Now fear makes you do weird things. The Bible says in verse four, the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was what, everybody, of at the time, what did he do in verse five? He sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor, who was at Pethor near the Euphrates river in his native land. Balak said to Balaam, a people has come out of Egypt. Yes. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Yes. Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you blessed is blessed and whoever you cursed is what, everybody? And so after they hype up your boy Balaam and give, him, give the word to give to him, verse 7 says, The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee for divination. When they came to Balaam, They told him what Balak, king of Moab, had said. Verse 8. So Balaam said this. Spend the night here, Balaam said to them. And I will report back to you with the answer that the Lord gives. So the Moabite officials stayed with him. Verse 9. I love this part. This is what ought to happen to all of us when we seek God. Verse 9 says, God did what? Came to Balaam and asked Who are these men with you? Verse 10. Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab. How many know God already knew? Okay. Anytime God asks a question, it ain't because he need an answer. He's trying to get you to think. Come on, say amen. Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. He's talking to God now. He's in prayer, verse 11. And pe- a people that has come out of Egypt, covers the face of the land. now, come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. Verse 12. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them. Did you catch that? Everybody caught that? You must not do what? Why? <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cannot curse what God has blessed. The next morning, story gets interesting now, Balaam got up and said to Balak's officials, go back to your own country. For the Lord has refused to let me go with you. If you notice that carefully, he just edited the message that God gave. Verse 14. So the Moabite officials returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Fifteen, then Balak sent other officials, more numerous, more distinguished than the first. They came to Balaam and said, this is what Balak son of Zippor says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. Verse 18, y'all with me? But Balaam answered them, and what did he say, everybody? Read. Even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Read verse 19 as well. Now spend the night here so that I can find out what else the the Lord will tell me. Why, Why do you need to ask God again? When the Lord has already spoken. What verse are we on? Bible says that night. Now watch this move by God right here. That night God came to Balaam and said since these men have come to summon you go with them but only do what I tell you. Now I don't know if you notice God just told him don't go with them. That's right. So then Balaam starts playing with God and starts trying to wait for God to change his mind and what did God do? God changed his mind. God said go with them. Now, I want you to understand something here right now. This is not one of those good moments in the Bible where God changed his mind. All right. So let's, let's, let's keep it rolling here. Verse 21. Are you still with me? You mind studying the word of God today? Or are you here for a show? Are you, with, are you here to study the word of God this morning? Come on in here. Verse 21 says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. Verse 22. But God was angry. Now, God, how are you going to be mad? And you just told him to go. The Bible says God was angry. Seems like God's being schizophrenic, moody, right? We know better than that. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord, read this everybody, stood in the road to oppose him. My God. Balaam was riding on his donkey. And his two servants were with him. This is where the King James Version would not do as well. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand it turned off the road into a field Balaam beat it to get back on the road verse 24 then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides he's trying to block him right verse 25 when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord it pressed close to the wall crushing Balaam's foot against it so he beat the donkey again Verse 26, then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. Verse 27, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, this time it lay down. Come on, the donkey wasn't stupid. Come on in. He said, you got me once, you got me twice, but I'm about to sit down. Come on in here. What verse are we at, everybody? Bible says, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam and he was angry and beat it, this time with his stab. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. <laughs> and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey. <laughs> yeah, at what point do you say to yourself, I'm losing my mind? <laughs> Yo, but your boy Balaam is just like, the donkey's talking, you know, watch this, here it goes. What the donkey said to Balaam, huh? What verse am I? Uh, Balaam answered the donkey, verse 29, you have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand. I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey? (laughs) Uh Look, bro, I mean, you have always ridden to this day. Have I been in the habit of, of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road. With his sword drawn. Balaam is looking for a sword, but he don't know that somebody else got a sword. Come on in here. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is reckless, is a reckless, is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would have. I would. Somebody ought to shout on this. I would have certainly have killed you by now. Somebody give God glory that He didn't kill you on your reckless journey. Come on in here, saints. I'm not trying to pump you or pry you, but this is a shouting moment right here. That God could have killed you. Have mercy. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but, but I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. If you believe the word of the Lord, would you say amen? amen. amen. I want to talk today about persistence in prayer in the wrong direction. There is a difference between presumption and persistence. Presumption is when you are pursuing something that you should not be pursuing. Because you think that you ought to have it. Persistence, and let me me say this. You cannot really even be persistent with God unless you know that you know that you know that the things you are requesting of God are his will. I'm going to tell you right now, one of the frustrating things about prayer is is nobody's going to persist in prayer if they don't know for real that it's God's will. One of the things I can't understand is if you know it's God's will, how come you stop praying? Come on in here, somebody. If you know that what you are asking for from God is something that he promised, you are not let up, Sister Bonner, until you get the blessing. Come on in here, somebody. See, that is why many of us, let's just be honest, outside of some of us just lazy, outside of some of us just don't have time to spend with God, outside of us, some of us are just too busy to pray. Come on, talk to me in here. I mean, let's just be honest. Some of us just too busy to pray. We just, we ain't that spiritual yet. Outside of all that, there's another reason why many of us do not persist in prayer. We don't persist in prayer because we really don't know if what we are praying for is God's will. Has anybody ever been in a situation where you are hesitant in your prayer? You are hesitant and and reticent to pray and to really request of God the thing that you felt that you needed because you weren't even really sure if this is something you ought to be praying for. Do I have anybody in here like that right now? And so let me say this, Sister Sister, Sister Cox. Prayer for me, I found, is frustrating. It's frustrating praying. Because let's just be honest. We're because we are trying to grow closer to the Lord, and many of us are not where we should be, a lot of times we are praying and we're not even sure about what we're praying for. And then, on the other hand, we're not even receiving the things that we asked, and, and we see somebody else get it, and we don't. And, and there's this back and forth thing with God, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you plan on being a person of prayer, and not a person who just prays, then you are going to go through the peaks and the valleys of agonizing with God, of dusting your Off When you don't get what you want and staying persistent, staying in God's face, fasting, praying, agonizing, entreating, supplication, praising, staying in there, hanging in there, it can be frustrating. That is because prayer is more family oriented than formula oriented. Now, uh, we we talked about this earlier and I, I, I I want you to understand what I'm saying here. For many of us, we use prayer like it's a formula. So 1 plus 1 equals 2. 2 plus 2 equals 4. 3 times 3 equals 9. So if I pray this way, if I ask for this, if I do that, then this should happen. And the reason why we are formula-oriented is because we are more preoccupied with getting something from God, Sister Radney, rather than being with God. Understand what I'm saying here. In other words, I don't pray just because I want to get something. Prayer is not about wins and losses. I'm not trying to bat 100. I'm not trying to hit 11 for 11 from the free throw line. I'm not trying to score every time I get in the red zone. That's not the purpose of prayer. It's not about winning. The purpose of prayer is not being able to say, everything I prayed for, I got my answer. And many of us think that way with prayer so that when we don't get what we desire, we feel like we're losing the game. Let me just say this. There's no such thing as losing in prayer if you keep on praying. I love prayer. The thing about prayer is if you are, if you stay in the vein of prayer, if you continue to tarry with God and, and you stay in his face and you stay in his presence, you already have the victory. The Bible says, now here is the victory that we have in Christ. Faith is the victory. In other words, I don't need to wait on a blessing in order to say I won. I win simply because I stay in his face. Let me give you an example. Enoch is a great example of this. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God, right? What that basically means is Enoch stayed in a prayer mindset. Enoch Enoch was constantly in the presence of God, talking with God. And here's the mind-blowing thing. God loved Enoch, and they were so close that God says, yo, I can't take the separation. I can't take it. I thought about waiting to the resurrection and my second coming, but I can't take it. You need to come up here right now. Do you see what prayer does? Prayer is relationship. Prayer is not routine. Prayer is relationship. Prayer is not results. Prayer is relationship. It's not a reflex. We're not simply just saying, God do this and we want God to do that. Now, having said all that, when you know somebody, when you're in relationship with somebody, guess what? They want to bless you. They want to take care of your needs. Oh, here's the problem. I, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. My wife and I celebrate 12 years of marriage this week. We're hanging out in New York and having a good time. But here's the thing, man. I have grown so much in my... I mean, dude, I was like a Neanderthal. I mean, just a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Especially early on in marriage. Marriage, I mean, come on, let's just be honest. Especially when you get married, you don't know what you're doing. It's really all about you married somebody to fulfill your needs. Come on in here, somebody. You married somebody to take care of you. And so you spend your whole life trying to change them until finally you realize that's dumb simply so you can get what you want. Come on, say amen, somebody. So what we're really doing is we're using somebody to get what we want. And so that's kind of what we do with God. We really don't have relationship with him. We're not, I mean, Listen, come on, man, let's just be honest. Most of us really start praying when we really get in trouble. And that's why some of us got to stay in hell. The reason why God putting you through hell now, so you won't go. You got to stay in the in the fire. Come on in here. You got to stay in the flood. You got to stay under the pressure because God knows He ain't gonna pray unless I keep His behind near the fire. And so the thing with my wife was, is I just you know just. You know, I mean, God, thank you, Jesus, for just the change of mind. How many can look back over your lives and just be like, man, man, God has changed me, man. I just, man, thank God for the change. I can see a difference. I bless your heart. Baby, can you see a difference in me too? Glory to God. <laughs> hallelujah. You bless your heart, girl. Bless your heart. Hallelujah. And so, 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 you know, listen, man, this week, this week, my wife and I were away, no kids. No, come on, Hallelujah. <laughs> Wave your hand in the air. Wave it like you just don't care. Yeah, praise them for me, amen? So, and no kids, just us in New York, just hopping trains and having a good time. Didn't have a lot of money. Didn't matter. You know why? Because I was with her. Yo, seriously. I mean, being able to be able to say that right now, that's real stuff right there. Your boy has come a long way. I mean, I like being with her. Yeah. No, for real. No, I'm not saying this to get browning points. She knows. I'm. Am I telling the truth, baby? Look, I mean... I like being with her. Now, here's the thing. Will she not give me all things? You say no. You know what I say? I say she's willing to do. She will go. Listen, what I could not understand early on in my marriage was because I was so self-centered and trying to get things from her, trying to get her to treat me a certain way, do what I wanted her to do when I wanted her to do it, I wasn't getting the things I wanted. That's right. But when I began to put myself aside and start making the relationship more important than the results, then naturally, come on in here, she starts thinking about me first. See, when you're selfish minded, it causes the other person to think selfish minded. And they begin to preserve what they have because they feel like you're infringing on their existence. And see, with God, it's much the same. See, many of us are not experiencing the joys of what a prayer life can do. is because you're only seeking God for what you can get from God. I know that ain't deep. I know you heard that a thousand times, but why are you still doing it? I know that's elementary teaching for you, and you need something deeper than that. Well, let me ask you this. Well, when is your prayer life going to be like Enoch's? We in the flesh one day next day we're in the spirit we're in the flesh one minute next thing we're in the spirit I mean we come on let's just be honest but I mean you know one, I, I, you know this ain't my notes but here has anybody noticed that it is more difficult to pray than read the Bible yeah. yeah yeah look I know people that will study they just study they love to study read study study but there is the intimacy and the discipline of just sitting in the presence of God and just praying. I mean, an all-night prayer service. I mean, even now, even though I know the results of what that thing will do, my flesh does not like that. I don't like the idea of fasting. Y'all can sit around here and act spiritual all you want. Oh, I love to fast. I love to deny myself. I, lo- I just love to be in his presence. Okay, for real. Tell the honest truth, if, if Listen, if you enjoy fasting, then you ain't fasting. The whole purpose of prayer and fasting is to put yourself in an uncomfortable position that you do not enjoy so that you can send a message to God. I need you right now. I don't turn the TV off. I need you. I don't stop eating sandwiches. I need you. Come on in here, somebody. I need a blessing. I'm sending you a message. God, I need your help. There's something about prayer that just does not want us to do it. I'm going to tell you what it is. Problem with prayer is prayer requires work mm. and relationship. Yeah. It's easy for us to relate to God as a formula instead of relating to him as a person. That's right. Nobody wants to put that kind of work in. That's right. That's right. I mean, who I mean, for real, if you really wanted a relationship with God, you could have it, uh-huh. yeah. but you gotta put in work. Yeah. I mean, this is even true in the natural realm. If you wanna walk with, with somebody, if you wanna get to know somebody, I mean, come on, you don't want them easy. Right, right. That's right. Good things come to those who wait. You got to agonize through some stuff. Go through some things with some folk. And I think God, what God is trying to do through the prayer thing, he's trying to get us to a place where we can say, I've been, I have been with God. Or oh, you know, man. has anybody, you know, spiritual people? Anybody know spiritual people? Yeah. I mean, I mean, fear spiritual folk. Yeah. Man, I have a list of names of people that you just know are spiritual. Do y'all know folk like that? You just know they love the Lord. I'm going to tell you one thing they all have in common. They pray. They pray and worry. Listen, these people know how to pray. Yeah. They're not the greatest preachers. They don't know all the details of the Bible. They can't quote all the scriptures, but you know that they live in God's presence. You know when they pray, stuff happens. You know that they have got a direct connection to God. There is no delay. There is no interruption of service. They're never out of of location. There is something about them. Some of you had mothers like that. Come on in here, somebody. They didn't have a lot of education. Talk to me in here. They didn't have education. They didn't make money. They didn't have a degree, but they knew how to pray. They knew how to live with God. And it wasn't those event prayers. They talked to God all the time. They shopping in the mall and asking God, give me a sale on a turkey. God showed me something. God told me, come on in here, somebody. They knew God. I want that, Lord. God knows, listen, I'm not just preaching today because I'm supposed to. God knows I'm preaching from the depths of my heart because I need what I'm preaching about. I want to get to a place where I walk with God. I want to get to a place where my prayers are connecting. I want to get to a place where me and I talk and God talks back and I know it's him. Tell me the truth. Some of us don't even know when God is talking. Some of us, some of us don't even know if it's God or ourselves. That's right. That's right. I'm honest enough to admit that. I'm not going to stand here and act bigger than you. There are some times, Brother president, when I pray and I hear an answer and the devil will respond in my voice. And I'll think it's God. And sometimes you're got to hang in there and agonize and test that thing to make sure it's God's will. That's right. That's right. That's right. So... There's a missing ingredient in many of our prayer lives. Here it, here it is. And we see it in the life of Balaam and Daniel. Okay. And I'm going to compare these two guys today. All right. Balaam, who we just read, and Daniel. And this is going to be real quick with Balaam. Then I'm going go to Daniel. So here's the thing. Balaam is an example of someone who persists in prayer, Sister Banks, but is, but is persisting in recklessness. He's going in the wrong direction. And he's going so far, he doesn't know that God's about to kill him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. <sighs> That's That's all right. That's real. That's real. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm overwhelmed when I think about how you know you're just going in a certain way, and you think you're right, yes. Ooh, yes. and then you try to put God in it, uh-huh. and then God. You don't even know that God is about to kill you, man. That's right. No, you you, did. You. This ain't preacher talk. I'm being real. Listen, man. There were times in your life, some of you right now, God was about to kill you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh This is what I want from God. I want to be able to talk to Him and know He's talking back. That's That's right. Many of us know how to talk but we don't know how to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when we say, I said, the Holy Spirit told me, you know you ain't lying. Right. How many want that? Where well, you talk to God and he talks back to you. Listen, I cannot even think of anything more important in my life. As much as I love my wife and my children, if there's anything God will not take away, don't take away your spirit. Don't take away the voice in my head that tells me to go right when I need to go right and go left when I need to go left. There is nothing more valuable than the word of God. So let me run through a few things at the end of the message, but I got to show you this. Of effective prayer, Balaam's problem was this. Here it goes. And God had to use a donkey, a jack donkey. (laughs) Oh, no, I prayed before I came. I ain't going to slip. Now, my wife, listen, I had a title for this sermon that would have got me fired. My wife said, no, no, don't do that. She said, you know, you love shock value. Don't do that. But look, hey, look, y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on. Right. So look, man, so your boys say look, 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 curse these folk, man. These folk. And then I love God. God's like, man, you can't curse what's blessed. That's right. That's true. Do you true. do when the blessing of, and listen, the blessing of God is not renewed because you made a mistake. That's right. When the blessing of God is on your life, people can't curse you. I know. that's right. For, for, let me say this. Right. There is really no such thing as a, as a Christian, I'm talking about a real Christian, yeah. a disciple of Jesus Christ being cursed. You can't curse, but God, you know, listen, your whole family could die. You could lose all, everything at that moment. Guess what? God says, and we know that all things work together. He didn't say all things are good, but he said all things will work together. When you are a believer, hallelujah, when you're a believer, everything that happens to you happens for you. God said, listen. Listen, 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 listen. Hold on for a second. They said, man, we need somebody to curse these folk. Go get Balaam. We already know he don't got character. He loves money. Go juice him up. They send one group. They're, they send the non-heavyweights to him, you know, the entry-level people. Look, Balaam, Balak wants to talk to you, needs you to, you know, you know, we got some these folk are coming. They, they big, and there's a whole bunch of them, and when they go places, the, the rivers open up, and, and the Red Sea opened up for them, and I mean, they got some god that with a cloud by day and a fire by, by night. Food falls from the sky for them. I mean, it's just... Look, we ain't gonna be able to do nothing to stop these folk. We need, like, uh, we need you to curse them. And so the first group come, Balaam say, All right, hold on. Balaam said, let me, let me talk to the Lord. Nice move. Nice. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Now, listen, first of all, he should have known God, it ain't ever in God's will to curse nobody. Right? But listen, and I told you this last week, some of y'all looked at me funny earlier. Listen, even, even when you want to sin, you, got, you ask God for permission. Even, you know, if it's forbidden. And that illustration I used last week is you're married, brother. You see somebody at your job. She's more, you know, she feels she seems like at the moment, like she's somebody like that you want. And, but you're married. Right. That ain't right. Is it? That ain't right. So what you do is you go to God, and say, God, I, I don't want my wife anymore. I want her. Uh-oh. Yeah. See, y'all, some of y'all are too spiritual to pray like that. And so what it said. So so you know what the other alternative is, is to have that same conversation in your mind. And guess what you just did. You're now praying to yourself. Listen, I, listen I, I believe the psalm. Everything to God in prayer. You tell God, look, God, I'm struggling on this thing. I want to do this thing and I ain't right. And so what you want me to do? And then God will get into there and he starts speaking. And now you got a word from the Lord. And when the word comes, power comes to overcome. The Bible says he provides a way of escape. Come on in here so that you can be able to stand up under it. But see, instead you talk to the right person. But see, this is why many of us do not get the blessing of God because we run our mouths too much to, to other people. You talk too much. You gossip too much. You complain too much. Learn how to pray. Pray. And so, and so, so, so the the entry level guys, he's like, look, y'all spend the night. I'll ask God. God comes back. God's like, yo, let me tell you something right now. These folks is blessed. You can't curse them. Second thing I'm gonna tell you is don't go with them. All right. So after God spoke that, he got up in the morning. He said, all right, guys, listen, let me tell you, I just talked to the Lord last night. And there's a word. All right, all right let's go. What's the, what's the Lord say? All right, the Lord told me to tell y'all I can't go with you. What? Dude, you just edited. Dude, you spell checked. You just, well, come on. Dude, you just cut and paste. How you going? You can't cut and paste what God just said. Dude, he did not say, he, that's not all he said. He didn't just say don't go with him. He also said you can't, he could have ended that right then and there and simply said, look, I can't go with you. And this is why. Because God says they're blessed and they cannot be cursed. But because Balaam really wanted the money. He didn't want God. He wanted what they had to offer. He said, I can't go with you. They said, all right, man. They went back. They went to Balak, and this is what Balak said. Balak said, oh, no, he can be convinced. He can be convinced. Matter of fact, this time send Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense. I want you to send, I want you to send, I want you to send congressmen, judges. I want you to send everybody. Send everybody except me, and and send as many of them as as you can to let them know that I'm serious. And tell him also that I'm going to give him all the money he wants and everything in my kingdom. So picture this: Balaam is at home chilling, and then this entourage of political powerhouses, who can make stuff happen, roll up to his crib. Come on, imagine with me now. I mean, I mean, I like what's that? What's that thing that Obama drives? The Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that caddy, that's really a tank, right? You know, I guess you love when Obama gets out of that, man. Just like, it's, it's business, man. But it's not just that. You got, you got a whole, what do you call that thing? Uh, a motorcade, right? So you got that, then you got a few other Tahoes and some Suburbans. And then by the time you're done, you got about 25 vehicles. And you just don't got 25 vehicles. You also got snipers up on the route. Come on, you got you got F-16s that's flying. I mean, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on, don't you? The heat is coming. We were, when we were in New Jersey, man, uh, we stopped through New Jersey, went to a sandwich stop, and, 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 you know, Obama had been there. When Obama goes to restaurants, they got to shut it down. Shut the restaurant down. Nobody's coming in today. Obama's coming in. Everybody shut it down. Shut it down. I mean, imagine now, Balaam is at home, and you got this motorcade rolling up. Big, big heavyweights. And they rolling up in there like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who, who, where Balaam at? You Balaam? Come here, let me talk to you. We sitting here for the king. King don't make no decisions without putting it through us. King told me to tell you, we'll give you everything and and we'll give you even up to half of the kingdom. Okay? So are you going to come with us or not? And so you know what Balaam does? Balaam's like, oh, for real? (laughs) (laughs) Let me talk to the Lord about this. Let me go see God. No, no, no. I I need to see. See, the last time I prayed, I wasn't even sure if that was God's voice. I think that was me because there ain't no way in the world God would cause me to turn this blessing down. How many have done that before? You have prayed, and you've sure, at first, you didn't like the word that came from the Lord. You didn't didn't like it. And so what you did was, oh, that ain't God. So you go back again to God. And so this time, he said, hey, y'all spend the night. Huh? Y'all spend the night, and then we're going to check with God one more time. Your boy Balaam goes to God and says, God! Yo, man, listen. uh, You know, I might have not heard you correctly the first time. I, I, I'm, and perhaps, maybe you didn't hear what I said. That these folk have come to, with blessings. And, and they're gonna, and listen, they're gonna give me so much that God, I'll be to advance your kingdom. The, my tithe is gonna go up tremendously. And God, the reason why I want all this stuff, y'all know how we pray that stuff. God, give me a million dollars in the Cadillac. And then because you, you, you're trying to be spiritual, because Lord, I wanna give people a ride. I wanna, I wanna help somebody to know him. The reason why, I've, well, you know, I mean, come on, let's just be real. Be honest with the Lord. I mean, I'm going to say all of us are that way. But I mean, you know, Balaam, you know, his motivation wasn't pure. And so he said, God, yo, God, come on now. Think about this thing. God said, okay, go with him. Whoa, be scared. <laughs> go with what? Go, yo, God just said, don't go. Now God is saying, go. Whoa, hold on. I've seen this before. I've seen it before. God sends manna to the children of Israel, says, you're covered on this. Let me, let me just throw this out here. If God sends food, that's good food. I mean, it was angel food. It's manna. I mean, this stuff was made by God in his kitchen. But they got tired of God's food and said, we want meat. God says, all right, I'm going to give you what you asked for. I'm telling you right now, some of us have claimed stuff as blessings that we have in our lives, but they're not really blessings. God sent them to you because he's really mad about what you asked for. But because he's a giving God and he's trying to teach you a lesson, he gave you the husband anyway. Your butt shouldn't have been standing up here with him in the first place. Oh, y'all not talking to me now. Let's be real about this thing. You never should have got that car. You never should have got that job. The only reason why you took the job is because it paid more. And then you twisted your mind to think that this is where God wants. I'm going to tell you right now. If God tells you to take a job, and you got two options, one pays more, one pays less, considerably less, and God says, take that job, you better take that job. Amen. That other job is going to blow up in your face. Sure and so y'all know what happened. Let's fast forward. The Bible says that God says, all right, go ahead with him. And I can imagine God says, you know, this fool. He heard me the first time, but he don't like the words. Prayer prayer and the word. See, many of us pray, but we ain't using the word in our prayers. That's why we don't know how to pray the will of God. Just on this donkey. He going. Oh, it's about to be on. I'm about to get blessed. The hookup is coming. God doesn't change his mind. Oh, I'm like, he probably thought he was like Abraham or one of these guys. Huh? Probably thought he was like Moses. You know, when God came to Moses to change the God said, I'm gonna kill the people. God, Moses changed the Lord's mind. He said, I'm in line with some of the, some of the mighty prophets of the word. I didn't change God's mind. He's on his way. And the Bible says, as he's on the donkey, he says, the donkey just starts acting crazy. Y'all know three times. Boom. He running into stuff. He's sitting down. He's he moving over. Your boy Balaam, this dude, a prophet of God, the man of God, the man of God took, takes out a stick and just to, starts to whooping him. And I know he's cussing. <laughs> he, calling, he calling that donkey exactly what he is. Come on in here. Come, I mean, he just, I mean, just, I mean, going crazy and getting mad. And then all of a sudden, this is amazing. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the Bible says that the Lord opens the donkey's mouth. Balaam, if you hit me one more time, Uh-oh. he probably is it like a Chris Rock voice too. I see Madagascar so many times, man. I see that donkey right. I was mean, just like, dude. I mean, what do? What are you doing? Can you not see this? Now, now look at the irony of this. You got a beast, an animal. And probably the most disrespected animal of all time who has more vision, yep. who is more connected with God than the preacher. And there's only one reason why, because he wants his way. That's it. So y'all know the donkey's talking to him. And here's the crazy part. Dude talks back. Look, I'm telling you, if a donkey started talking to me, I'd be like, it's the blood of Jesus. I cast it out right now. Come out, come out of it. Right now. Really? A donkey is talking. I'm out of there. <laughs> what? Yo, but she, your boy Balaam was just so mad that he couldn't get what he wanted that he was like, yeah, what do you want? No, you got the problem. And we got a donkey and a preacher having a conversation. That's still happening today. We still got folk talking to donkeys. God uses supernatural means to try to get you to change your mind. And one thing I know about God is, so you got to be careful with God. God often uses people we don't like to talk to us. And see, so you two, you can't receive it. I can't stand, I'm going so tired of that phrase now, I ain't receiving them. I ain't gonna receive Is this the truth? Yeah. Receive it. The donkey in him is talking. Now remember there's an entourage around there. I'm just trying to figure out why nobody in that entourage say, listen, we don't need to go any further with this guy. He's crazy. He's talking to a donkey. The Bible says conversation goes on, and then finally the donkey just sits down. That's what he should have done. And the Bible says that the Lord opened his eyes. and saw an angel there with a sword. The Hebrew says that he is waving the sword in battle position. Hebrew also gives us the impression this ain't just an angel, this is the Lord himself. Amen. And he sta- See, the donkey is trying to save his life because the donkey can see we ought not be going this way. But here it is, here it is. This is why many of us do not obtain the miraculous answers to prayer that God wants to give us. Because we're praying our will and not his. Right. Good, good. Look at him. Let me ask you a question, saints. Did not God tell him, don't go? And number two, you can't curse him. Did he not hear that? And so I'm asking you the same thing. In your life, God speaks all the time. And I can't think of anything more important than a Christian's life than to be able to hear God. Amen. As a matter of fact, the same word for obedience in the Hebrew and the Greek is the word listen. Ooh. One of the things my mama used to say to me all the time, she said, boy, you hard-headed. You know what being hard-headed means? Hard-headed means you don't listen. Amen. Some of us do not listen. Lord, help us. Some of us do not listen if a donkey talked to us. And that's the only way God's going to get through to some of us. Because we can't hear nothing else except our will. And don't let us be angry. Anger causes many of us to go in a direction that is forbidden of God. And so what God has to do is, God has to block your way. And you don't realize, God says, if I let them keep going down that road, they're going to die. And I'm going to have to kill them. I love grace. I love mercy. I shout on that all day. But there's some folk God going to kill. There's some funerals that God set it up. God said I had to kill him because he was going in the wrong direction. Talk to me in here, saints. And this is what many of our prayer lives are like. We're praying, but we ain't praying the will of God. So last thing I want to say is this. What's the will of God? What is the will? I want to look at a few texts real quick. John 14, 13 through 14. I'll read them out loud. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. Did y'all catch that? Whatever. You ask in my name, this will I do. Did you catch that? That's a promise. The father may be, that the father may be glorified in the son. And if you ask me anything in my name, yeah. I'm going to do it. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm trying to pray like that. Next thing he says, Matthew 21, 22, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. Let's keep reading. John 16, 24. Until now, you have nothing. You have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be full. Oh, can I keep going here? Bible says in 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do that the father may be glorified. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should, be, should abide so that whatever you ask in the, in the father, in my name, he will give it to you. Let me just end right here because I got 10 more. In the Bible, God... Come, God, God conjoins praying in his name and his will. I'm going to teach you something real quick. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray in his will. Yeah. Yeah. Follow what I'm saying? Many of us think that our prayer is anointed because we said in the name of Jesus. You know, all oh, the blood. Ah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you don't pray all kind of junk and then you in the name of Jesus. Like, come on. That ain't moving God. Right? Praying in the name of Jesus is not putting his name on top of your prayer. Praying in the name of Jesus to pray in his will. The the word name in the Bible means character. So when we pray in the will of God, please don't miss this. When we pray in the will of God, we are basically praying in the name of God. When we pray in the name of God, we are praying in the character of God. When we pray in God's character, we are praying a prayer of love and salvation. What am I saying here? In other words, these promises are only reserved for people that pray in his will. What is his will? He's only got one desire, that he might seek and save the lost. Now, your girl EGW says this. She says, many of you, your prayer life has become boring and mundane and routine because the majority of your prayer life is spent praying for your stuff. Bless my children. Bless my car. Bless my house. Give me this. Give me that. Heal my body. Heal this. Do that. Listen, your prayer life after a while, you ain't going to have nothing to pray about. It's just going to get redone. You're going pray about the same thing every day. You know why? Because your prayer life is totally consumed with you. When you, you want to start seeing miracles in your prayer life, let your prayer life be connected with His will, His name, and His mission. Understand that, for example, in Matthew the 20... Oh, please, please, please don't miss this. I really, you got to get this. In Matthew the 28th chapter, uh, around verse 19 and 20, the Bible says this. He says, all authority... Oh, I love this. He said, all authority has been given unto me. Oh, you better hear this. Jesus said, after the death and resurrection, and when he came up out of that grave, he told the disciples, he said, all authority is mine now. Oh, yeah. My God! What kind of authority did he have when he was healing dead folk? And now that he come up out of the grave, he got all oh, authority. God! All authority is mine, both in heaven and on earth. He says, therefore, go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things I have told you. And lo, I'm with you always. That promise, lo, I'm with you always, is not for everybody. That's for disciple makers. See, many of you are claiming promises and you ain't in the will of God. Your life has nothing to do with ministry. You don't do nothing but sit around and just pray for your children and pray for your grandchildren and pray for your house and pray for your body and pray for your mind and pray for your spirit and pray for this and pray for that. Man, God, God, that, God is tripping like, yo, are you serious? You going to spend all your time praying for stuff that I already told you I'm going to take care of? I will supply all your needs. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for your children. I'm just saying that many of us do not pray in the will of God because the stuff we ask for ain't about him or his work; It's about us. Amen. Huh. That's right, True. So, Daniel, Balaam heard a word and didn't use the word in prayer. And what I'm saying is when you pray the word. Oh, he got the answer. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. He got to. Why, Pastor? You said it the other day. Because his word will not return void. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Somebody said the other day. Said that there are still... There are, there are still solar systems that are being created 15 billion light years away from where we are right now. Yeah. They are studying, and this I ain't talking evolution. I'm talking about there's stuff still happening. Amen. That's right. And you know Why? Because God said one time, "Let there be." Amen. Good, good. that's, good. that's, good. that's right. right. The word has already been spoken. You need to get in with the word. When I'm praying, I've got the Bible beside me, and when I run out of stuff to say, I start praying with God and say it in His Word. And then I get bold with God like that persistent widow. And I say, God, you said in your word. And we had this thing the other day. My wife and I have been agonized and said, God, please don't, don't, let, don't let us preach and souls be saved and pastor and do missionary work and, and then our children be lost. And listen, I'm telling you, I got in God's face. This is what I, told, I told you, Pastor, uh, there was a, it was a concern of mine. I said, now you called me to this. I didn't ask for this job. You, you better not let my kids go to hell. Your word says that you would contend with them and you would save my children. This is what your word says. I ain't playing this game with you God you are not gonna drag me through all the hell I gotta go through doing this thing never at home and sometimes at home and, and building in and out God you ain't gonna send me all over the world and my kids go to hell I'm standing on your word you're playing and you're ministering and you're leading souls to Christ and then your kids go to hell I ain't I ain't having that ain't, it's not going down now, now look, here's the next part. So when you pray, then you gotta go to work. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So watch what Daniel does. In Daniel 10. I, I don't want to go to it, don't have time. Well, you look it up. The word of God says that Daniel had received a vision from the Lord. Elder, Elder Rudd, he said, the prophecy is sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. He said, it's going down. The 70 weeks prophecy. It's coming to pass. Sia is coming. There will be tribulation. It's going down. Daniel received the vision, but then Daniel went to pray. And the Bible says, for 21 days he fasted. The Bible said he didn't shower, he didn't do anything. He just went to seeking God. The word of God says he was praying for an answer because God watched this. God had spoken, and so he was asking God to manifest the blessing. But he didn't realize that the blessing was afar off. 490 years. He wouldn't even live to see it. But Daniel prayed for it like it was coming tomorrow. And he agonized with God. And for 21 days, he couldn't figure out why that thing wouldn't turn around. And then the angel of the Lord showed up. And the angel said, I'm sorry, Daniel. My bad. I know you were agonizing on that. And I tried to get to you sooner. But but the prince of Persia, the enemy stood in my way. And Daniel, I had to go to war on your behalf. See, the reason why the prayer was not answered immediately is because the enemy was trying to block the prayer from being answered. And so I had to go to war. And while I was battling this evil demonic spirit, I began to not be able to overcome him. So I had to call for backup. And I looked all around the universe. And I could find nobody to come to my aid except somebody named Michael. Oh, I like our doctrine on this right here. You can let Michael be an angel if you want to. But every time I see Michael show up in the Bible, Michael does God-like stuff. The Hebrew word for Michael means one who is God. And the angel was not able. See, listen, if Michael's an angel, guess what? If Michael, listen, come on now. The Bible says that the angel could not resist that prince, that evil spirit, right? Uh, can I go evangelism mode for a minute? Can I prove the thing to you? Listen, if you're telling me Michael is not Jesus, then let me ask you this question. Then who else can come down and beat the devil? Yeah. That's all right. Gabriel can't do it. That's all right. Come on in here, somebody. Uh, Cherubim can't do it. Come on in here, somebody. The only one that could come to his aid at that moment, he had to call for Michael. Ha! Because Michael is Jesus Christ in his war clothes see when you call for Michael you're calling for warfare I'm agonizing and I'm praying and I'm interceding and I I don't see anything happening and what he said was he said no Daniel what you have to understand is I was trying to get there he says but there was a blockage there was an obstacle in the way and it was the devil I called for Jesus to show up and when Jesus showed up the blessing uh, Daniel chapter 12 tells me when Michael stands up. Ah, God. Oh, you have to understand here that Daniel was able to persist in prayer because he had already got a word. The prophecy was sure. The word was sure. So even though he did not see the blessing, he kept his face in the ground until God came through. Balaam, on the other hand, kept his face in the ground. For something that God had already spoken against. Amen. Who are you? That's right. That's right. Wow. Who are you? Here, let's, just, let's just face it. Y'all can run around here all day. I pray. Um, if you are not hearing from God, what are you doing? That's right. Oh. What, what, no, you're talking, you're just talking. Oh, wow. And so I know some of you right now. You'll never admit it because you've been in church too long. Some of you do not hear, don't know if you hear God's voice. Oh, that's true. So look, we can walk around here and act like who's the holiest, who dresses the most conservative, who eats the best, who, who, you know, who does all. Let, let, y'all can have that competition all you want. At the end of the day, who hears from God? That's right. That's right. Uh, that's who I'm trying to roll with. Right. Who talks to God and he talks back? Yep. Now with Balaam, he talks to a donkey and he talks back. that's the problem with some of y'all. Y'all got too many donkeys talking to you. Need to shut that donkey up. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm I'm treading on dangerous ground. But am I not right about it? Am I not right? Listen, the problem with that whole text is Balaam doing more talking to a donkey than he is to the Lord. Some of the decisions we make, I'm just saying to myself, did you ask God, there is no, there is nothing so trivial that you shouldn't ask God for permission. And then you get a word. Some of y'all doing stuff and I'm just trying to figure, I mean, what, did God tell you to do that? And then some of you are so self-deceived, you will look me in the face and say, God don't have no problem with that. But I didn't ask you that. I asked you, did you get a word from the Lord? We, many of us think that God is just, he don't care what we do as long as it's the big stuff and all this stuff in between. It doesn't matter. You know why Daniel was able to wait on God like he did? Because the word of God said when he was a young man, he had already resolved that he would not eat the king's meat. That's right. See, many of us have not even made up our minds whether we're going to serve the Lord or not. He made up his mind on day one. And then when these boys are standing out there in the middle of a fiery furnace, Jesus shows up again. That's what Jesus does for people who have made up their mind that they're going to do the word of God. For some of us, it just doesn't matter. We don't read the word. We don't pray the word. We're just not even in the word. Let's just be honest. Stop running around here calling yourself a Christian and you don't even read the Bible. there's Some of us, all we do is read, 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 study, 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 and we don't pray for understanding, for direction. Listen, I didn't mean to go in this direction, but I'm going to go as the Lord leads me, and I'm getting ready to close. The Lord showed me very clearly. If there is not a radical change in this church, I ain't being general. Then it's going to be hell. We're going to bust hell wide open. Let me tell you, this and God is dealing with me on this thing. I'm not coming to you in condemnation, but God is. This this is not Christianity. Christianity is not coming to church and doing church stuff and singing, leading worship and singing the hymns and then going home and doing nothing and just being moral and just sitting around judging everybody that does something bad. That's not Christianity. I'm trying to tell you, do you not ever feel, and this is where I am, right? God is so dealing with me. Do you not ever read the word and say, I don't look like that. Some of us are so comfortable in our routine. I'm t- Listen, please, I'm telling you, this is not, you are going to go to hell if you are comfortable in your routine. What about the anointing? Come on, sir. I love what Spurgeon says. Spurgeon says this. He said, did Jesus leave heaven? Come down here and suffer. Die on the cross. Huh? Be resurrected. Go back up to the Father. Intercede for us. Did he put all of the existence of the universe at risk for us to be poor, good for nothing, Laodicean Christians? Is God honored by this? I mean, I mean, is he honored by what we got going on? Always oh, trying to point. Well, are ain't doing that. Ain't nobody asked you that. What are you doing when you look at your life compared to the word of God? Yeah. We're in Sabbath school talking about this. I'm just talking now. We're in Sabbath school talking about this very same thing. Word of God says that the judgment is going to be based on what you did for the least of these. Pastor Colton brought out in the lesson, the lesson said clearly, the word of God says clearly. That's the lesson. The Bible says that if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Most of Christianity don't do nothing for nobody. And so our prayer life is simply me, me, me. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Bless me. Just keep me comfortable. I don't want no danger. I don't want nothing to bother me. Just protect, just preserve, just bless. Don't, I don't want to cause no trouble. I don't want to do nothing. I just want you to take care of me. I just want you to heal me. I just want you to look after me. I just want you to take care of me. And God said, you ain't getting my attention with that. I mean, for real, why are we doing all this? If we're going to come here and then go home and talk, I'm bothered by it. My conscience is killing me. God is saying, I want you to take this thing biblical. Are you Daniel or Balaam? And you know what? Daniel wasn't praying for himself. You know what he was praying for? For the salvation of his people. One of the things I've noticed, uh, Violet Cox, since we've been studying this book and my wife and I have been worshiping together and just praying and we've got this whole list now where we're just interceding for people. and You know, every name God gives us, we just intercede. And, and let me tell you what I have noticed. I mean, prayers are being answered. That's a good feeling. Oh, I know God's real now. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm praying and Donald, he's doing stuff. Oh, snap. I'm going to keep praying. Are you listening to me? I'm going down the list. Man, look. I put some bold stuff on there. Come I put some bold. You know what I put on there? Can I, can I tell you one thing? Just so you know where I am right now. I ain't playing with this thing no more. Let me tell you what I prayed, because you know you're concerned about your kids, right? Huh? Here's one thing. I pray for y'all a whole lot. Here's one thing I prayed. I said, God, this is personal, right? But let me give you some background. So we're in New York, right? And we, there's so much identity crisis. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm scared that one day my child might show up and be like confused about who they are. Oh, yes. It's so common now. It's cool. Yeah, cool. We on the subway. It's just I'm, I'm seeing cats come in like dude, like dudes like that. Boom. Like yo, we might need to watch my wallet type dudes. And then these, and then not realizing that these brothers is gay. It's look, y'all. See, you ain't you. you we in Cleveland? It, it, it'll catch up. But like in these big cities, it's cool to just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. We walking down the street, they got a, I don't know if it's a restaurant or what it is, but man, they got this big bong out there. And people just sitting there like they're eating a the meal, they're just getting high. Don't yeah. <laughs> worry, well, it's coming. And so you think it's bad now, by the time my kids get older, like, stuff that wasn't acceptable is going to be acceptable. So this is what I pray now. I say, God, first of all, I'm praying not only I baptize all my kids, I'm praying that I will experience them experiencing the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Number one. Amen. Number two, I'm praying for their spouses now. I'm praying that you, I already envision myself, wherever I am, marrying my children to Holy Ghost filled spouses. I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm praying now. I don't care how much money they make. I'm praying that they will be engaged in ministry. Amen. And that I'll be able to serve. You see what I'm saying? I don't, I'm, I'm going like that. I'm like your boy Daniel. I'm praying down the road. Right, right, right. His will change the world, not change your job. I'm done. Father, right now. We need to learn how to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, if God has spoken to you, I invite you to stand. If the Lord has spoken.